So tell me about your childhood. I'm no psychologist, but that was definitely a cry for help. It was actually quite traumatic. Oh my gosh, trauma alert. I definitely did that for attention. I had a great relationship with my parents, I think. Hey. hey. Oh boy, oh fucking boy. ASMR podcast. Um, yes, today we're going to be welcoming our guest. Um, Honestly, I actually, I like- actually can't hear you, Meg. Were you talking or were you trying to do ASMR? I was doing ASMR. Okay. It was, it was like too quiet. The mic didn't pick it up at all. Too real. Um, <laughs> yeah. One time I did this like Instagram video and I, I like whispered for like a second in it. And then someone commented, they were like, OMG, ASMR. I'm like, I didn't know what ASMR was until I started working in middle school. And then all the kids were like, you don't know what ASMR is. And then they, (laughs) it's like, why is this a middle school thing? My niece was like, you know what ASMR is? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it sounds sexual. And you know, it kind of is. It actually kind of is. And I, it makes me uncomfortable, but you know, again, I support people with fetishes and I, uh, I don't blame anybody for being Mm. Speaking of fetishes, are you so, yeah. so, so excited for our guest today? I'm Se- so excited. Segway, segway. Um, what a gem. What a special gem. Beautiful, hilarious, kind, sweet soul. Yes. Um, she is so funny. Um, she's going to be in a documentary. <laughs> it's coming out on FX and Hulu called Hysterical. Mm. Um, very soon. This is coming out. I, I I think it will probably be out by the time we release this. I'm Most, yeah, probably. So um, you're welcome for the press. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> also has a dope musical podcast with the Dylan Adler, former guest, mm-hmm. former yeah. guest of the pod, um, called Q Music, a musical yeah. comedy yeah. podcast. I had the privilege of doing it. It was honestly so hysterical and so fun. Um, they are so great together and check that podcast out. Um, what a team guys, give it up for (laughs) Kelly. What an intro. Wow. It was, it was very, it was five minutes, I think actually. Yeah. I really feel, I really feel hyped up and ready to go. Good. Kelly, how are you? I'm good. You know, I, I, uh, I just woke up not that long ago. I, I, uh, uh, just started a bartending job and I was, was up late last night doing the job. Mm, how's the job and going? It's good. You know, it, it involves like a lot more drinking than I expected, mm. which I guess I always have seen bartenders like take a shot here and there, like drink a little bit. But I realize it's like part of the marketing, you know. There's like right. a whole thing of like, let's all do a shot. Yeah. And now I know. And I, I think bartending is fun though because it's like allows you to get some of that little comedy personality out. out. Like you get to like be a little bit of a performer mm. when you have a big table or something. You get right. to kind of get that high of like the validation and self-worth that <laughs> comes with like people thinking you are <laughs> funny. <laughs> Did you notice you would get tips more when you brought in the ha-has? You know, I, I feel like because I'm new, I probably get the most tips from 
I'm new. Oh my god. Right. I have no right. idea. Hang on. It's my second day. <laughs> like, yeah. here's, here's $20. <laughs> Keep going, kid. I think bar is different than like a fancy restaurant where people are like, if they're paying $300 for a fancy meal, they don't want to hear that shit. They're like, oh, I want good service. But at a bar, it's like, oh, you're like, how can you fuck up chicken nuggets and like vodkas? So you're, you're a great bartender, Kelly. You're you're learning. You're learning. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm doing my best. I I did used to work at a sports bar in college. So like that, I, in college, I worked at what I would, would describe it as like a knockoff Hooters. Like it was kind of like a generic brand Hooters that where you weren't really required to wear the Hooters. Like uh, you weren't required to like wear the tank top and shorts, but like some girls did have that vibe and like, and it was like all women servers and like there were kind of people that would come in to kind of hang out with them and like in their tank tops and stuff. But then you also had the option of like wearing a big t-shirt and I would pick that option. Oh, but I did find that like the one day that I would get barbecue sauce all over my big t-shirt and like wear the tank top, not only would I get more tips, but like everyone was so nice to me on that one day. Like that (laughs) one day it was like literally not even just like the men that you can tell are like, misogynist and like are just gonna be nice to the person whose like boobs are out but like like the moms and like the the wives and like everyone because people would everyone would be like did you cut your hair today like your eyes look so beautiful wow kelly oh my god you're so smart and funny and cool and i'm like wow i really just have this tank top on oh that's incredible huh even wives. I wonder if they're like, oh, if I'm nice to her, my husband won't fuck No, her. it was yeah. everyone. Like, even, like, the, um, like, the, the owner, the restaurant owner's wife or, like, my coworkers. And I think they didn't even know why they were being like that. Like, it was, like, the subconscious thing. Like, someone should do a study on it because yeah. I think they, they truly were, like, asking me if I got a haircut. Wait, when you put the tank top on or when you got barbecue sauce? Well, I look, it was very like the girl you never noticed, but you probably should have kind of thing where I'm like, I'm like girl with big t-shirt. Yeah. And then when I, my, my, I have like very secretly big boobs Mm. where they can kind of blend in with my figure. But if I wear a tank top, it's like, um, it can be like a moment. Right. Yeah. Wow, I, and I think that would happen. Would everyone be like, "Kelly has a body"? <laughs> I thought she was just all brains <laughs> and hair. Uh, <laughs> I love like a secret titty reveal. You know what yeah. I mean? Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> but they wouldn't even know that's what they were seeing because they would right. literally be like, "Something's different about Kelly today. What is it?" Like, that's- Kelly, what's going on? Did you get contacts? That's like every rom-com movie about the the disheveled girl that becomes hot. Like yeah. you think that 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 movies do it wrong, but it's like no, that's like actually what happened. Truly, <laughs> every because I remember that happened when I first got boobs in high school. Like I I very suddenly had really big boobs, and I, I didn't I didn't even realize at first. So I was like coming to school in like a shirt too small, being like, "What's up, everybody?" And everyone's like, "Whoa, Kelly's boobs are out of control." <laughs> Kelly's hot now. And like, truly, instantly, I had a boyfriend and friends like overnight. <laughs> that is 
wild <laughs> that boobs can do that. Cause it's so powerful. Know, They're powerful things. They really are. I've never had, I, you know, I have like the, this little circles that trying to just pop on toppers, but like women breasts, the ones that curve out and really do a whole look, you know, I feel like they have more power than, the, you know, universe itself. It's well, it partially, I mean, there, there is a confidence that comes with me, like feeling like I've got, like, I don't know. There's different factors, I suppose, that go into the looks that I'm, you know, putting out when, when I am revealing yeah. uh, myself. But I mean, it's just, it's undeniable. Mm, the, we, the change. Yeah. yeah. We love a titty, titty reveal. Um, so high school, where did you grow up, Kelly? Where is the town? I, I'm from North Carolina oh. and high school. I actually went to like four different high schools. It was kind oh. of, kind of a weird, like I was always like starting over and reinventing myself and kind of not like, cause my parents are in the military or anything, but they like just, they got divorced and I would mm. like go to want like high, I switched to where my mom lived and then. I, she wanted me to go to private school and then I like went back. But when I went back, like this district lines had been redrawn and then it was a different school. So it just, oh. I kept going to different schools. You went to four. Was it a different one oh. each year? Wait. Um, it was like, so I went to seventh grade at one school, eighth grade at one school, ninth grade at two schools. And then... In 10th grade, I switched to my final school. So then uh, 10th, 11th, 12th, I was in one. Is that when you got your boyfriend? Yes, I I got a boyfriend in 11th grade. Isn't it weird that we say that we, like, got one? Like, (laughs) I finally finally had value in 11th grade. (laughs) And I got, well, I received a boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's so funny. It's so weird. So, but 11th grade is when I really, I think, sort of came into my own in the final school because in mm. 10th grade I was still feeling new and not knowing anyone right. again. Yeah. And then in 11th grade I felt like established where I was like editor of the school newspaper. Oh. And like I had, I was like president of a club or something and I mm. was like doing soccer or whatever. Like I felt like I had a lot of a Oh nice. Sporty established. Mm-hmm. I was I was known, you know, my pictures were like in the yearbook other than just in the, wow. the page where they have to be. <laughs> nice. You were That was like the change. Was 11th grade like you were in that high school and then you went to a different high school for 12th grade or were you in that same high school? It was 11th and 12th I was at the same one. So by then I was, yeah, I would say I was, like, established. I don't know, like, I didn't feel like I was, like, cool or, or popular or whatever, but, like, I'm sure there was somebody who thought that I was, you know. <laughs> like, I wasn't, like, pop, like, you know what I mean? Where you, like, you feel like you just, like, you feel like you just had your little friends, but there was probably right. someone who was, like, no, you had way more friends than me. Like, I've kind of, I don't think I was, like, a... I wasn't like in. I didn't get invited to parties and stuff, but I definitely had my like newspaper and club <laughs> friends and my like soccer friends and my my little girl table. So I I was like that was kind of when I came into my my own with uh, social life. Did you go to a high school where there was like the clear divisions in the cafeteria? Was that a thing? 
Well, yeah, yeah, there was because so the final school I I went to was it was this redistricted new school that was actually a combination of two old schools, mm. and it was kind of like they were actually basically finally enforcing like integration. Oh. Like I'm from the south, so uh my god. You know, segregation used to be a thing and but the what a lot of people don't know is that when it ended, like most school districts actually didn't do anything to uh um. to make that happen. Uh so there were all these schools that were historically like white kids or black kids and there was like this uh this new school district man superintendent i guess they're called yeah and he wanted to make a new school uh where like he took like 50 50 from these predominantly uh different population schools and put them into one school and then it was like everyone was kind of naturally separated by the fact that no one knew each other and like that our class schedules were really different like because they literally combined the schools after like school had ever already started so like kids were kind of in their own classes and so the cafeteria was extremely divided and then they they tried to uh they made us do this like challenge day thing where we all oh god like went into the gym and it was like cross it was like a line of tape it was like cross the line of tape if you ever felt alone oh my god oh. And it was like Sarah McLaughlin playing and it's <laughs> like see you're not so different oh my god oh my god that sounds like every movie with yeah they were really trying to like remember the titans us yeah yeah, yeah. remember the titans but like everyone kind of like kids got along pretty well they literally we were like literally separated by our course schedules and then they're like why aren't they hanging out (laughs) we better do this corny day (laughs) oh my god And and they like invested all this money into our like uh our sports programs to get us all excited about like cheering yeah. for football. I'm pretty sure they literally watch remember the Titans and they're like, yeah. this is the way, <laughs> but cause they like, we, Hillary's they were like recruiting like monster athletes that yeah. look like they're like 35 year old, like, <laughs> and recruiting people who are like gr- amazing at sports. So we were winning all these championships with like a school that only had like ninth and 10th graders, which was very suspicious. Mm. And when we we got in trouble, like our principal got fired for recruiting and like twenty. I don't months. know. It was it was a weird. It was kind of a weird school. You know, like I love it, um, but yeah. Um, I so we were all kind of new kids at that school. It wasn't just me. Right, right. Well, that's cool. It, it, did you have like a Hillary Swank character who tried to like <laughs> integrate your your English class? The class, that's the thing, the way the classes were set up, like, they weren't actually doing uh, the work that they were, like, we're all in this, I'm sure it's different now, but when they first put the schools together, one school, I mean, this is, like, a very technical thing, but one school was, like, on a traditional schedule of, like, eight classes a day, and one was on a block schedule where you go to four classes a day, Mm. so they put us together, but they didn't change our schedules, so Mm. it was, like, you would never see the kids that you're supposed to be hanging out with. I mean, I think we were like eventually like starting to be in the same classes together by like 12th grade. Mm. But, uh, 
yeah, it was kind of, I mean, I knew, I knew kids from, from both schools, but it was like the school wasn't really designed that way. There's a lot of problems in the school system. It's not really a funny story, but uh, it's really a problematic uh, institution, <laughs> the public school system. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you for shedding your insight. Um, we, so, um, so you grew up in North Carolina and sorry, Maggie, I want you to, I, I want to say, um, you know, uh, like, what's what's your family like? Although I feel like one night you told me all of it and I was obsessed. Anyway, but um, <laughs> you're to get on the pod. Um, you're, you know, like your parents and like your siblings and all that. Like, what was that vibe? Um, yeah, so I grew up um, originally, I grew up with like three sisters and uh, two parents in okay. um, in cool. North Carolina. And, well, I'm originally from Georgia, and then we moved to North Carolina. And um, Southern girl. Yeah. And then da, 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 they got divorced, and my mom married a man who had three kids, and my dad married someone who had one son. And then he also had uh, another daughter with my stepmom, so... By the time I was in, like, uh, high school, I had, like, I grew up with a lot of siblings in high school. Mm. And so it was always, like, a full house. But, yeah, I have, like, uh, four sisters. And growing up, we were, like, very, like, little women vibes, like, putting on plays and, uh, like, doing our little... Like shows and games and like had our hierarchy of of who's like in charge of our whatever we were doing and I was very much like the writer you know I was like Joe? trying to be like Joe yeah. but me and one of my sisters would fight over who was Joe but actually when I was eighteen years old my mom gave me a copy of Little Women and wrote that I was Joe, in uh, which my mom always claimed. She, my mom always refused to have an opinion on this, but low-key, she did have an opinion on it, and, <laughs> and she actually said it was me. So <laughs> mom said, uh, so that's that. That's amazing. Okay, so uh, what is the age uh, variation right. here? Well, so my oldest sister is like three years older than me. And then, or I guess like two, we're all like two and a half years apart. And um, I'm the second oldest. Mm. So my youngest sister before like the big jump of mm-hmm. like them having a half sibling. I mean, she's just my sibling. I don't want to call her half sibling. But. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she, the my youngest sibling is like 12 years old. She's in seventh grade right now. Oh, wow. And uh, other than above her, my, it's a, like a 20 three-year-old and then like a 25-year-old and then that can't be right because I'm 29, 29, <laughs> 27, like 27, 25, something like that. We're like a bunch of us in our 20s and then there's one that's like 32, my oldest sibling. Mm. Those numbers could all be off, but... Uh, we get the vibe. Yeah, the, we're we're adults. <laughs> Except she's 12, wow. One's 12, yeah, I was just talking to her. She just got back into like in in person school but i told her like she's really lucky to be like for seventh grade to be the year that you're at home 
Because that's like the worst year of being alive. Like, it's truly brutal. Like people that you think are like, I feel like everyone in seventh grade has like a best friend, like turn on them. Yeah. And it's like the worst thing. Like it's truly, it's insidious. Like you have this friend that you like trusted and loved. And one day they just come to school and they're like, I hate you. Yeah. And you're like, and everyone hates you. And you're like, why, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, why? Yeah. There's always a friend that's like, um, I was friends with you as a bet. Like someone paid me to be friends with you. Like, yeah. In my case, it was in seventh grade. My like best friend since first grade, she went, she was in chorus class and I wasn't. Uh-oh. And she went on a chorus field trip and so I didn't go on the trip. And when she came back, like her and like all the other girls in chorus, like she had told them all my secrets <gasps> and they all, she like told them that I, every mean thing I'd ever said about them. She was my best friend since first grade. So we talked shit about everyone, you know, mm-hmm. we were like, it was like us versus the world. We would just sit in the corner and talk about everyone and like say all of our crushes and say everything. Like she was just, she was just much smarter than I was. <laughs> and then I, but she went to the course. She went on this course field trip and she spilled everything and had everybody come back. And so I had no idea. But when they got back, it was like, I just was getting the silent treatment from like 20 girls. I was oh like, what the fuck God. is going on? And then they, no one would sit with me at lunch. I remember one girl, Sarah, who was like kind of a friend, but kind of like a pussy <laughs> bitch. <laughs> she came over to me and was like, um, someone had to tell you, like, I'm sorry, like, uh, Bailey, like, while we were on the field trip, like, she told everyone, like, that you have a crush on Dylan and also that, like, you said that. I'm ugly and you stuff that blah, blah, blah. and I was like, Sarah, I never called you ugly. I called you weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a difference. So she agreed with me, but we're weird too. It's fine. It was just like, but she, she really just, and I was so devastated. I went home and I like cried to my dad about it. And then my dad did the thing like, you're not supposed to do, which is he called her mom. Oh no. And he and he was like Kelly, like I talked to uh, Bailey's mom and everything's resolved. And I was like, what the fuck? And then they really and of course the next day at school, like in lunch, I kind of like thought everything was cool. Everything seemed fine at first, and then like she literally from across the cafeteria, in the middle of the aisle, like loudly was like, why don't you go cry to your daddy? Like since you told him everything I said, and everyone was like. And I was like, holy shit, my life is over. Oh, no. Thankfully, then she moved. And I realized, actually, I think she was always going to move. And I think she was having trouble dealing with, like, the loss mm. of me as a friend. Oh. And she was going through a lot. You know, actually, we, we passed it up a few years later. And she named her child after me. So No way. <laughs> we're almost even. Wait, that's Wait. So that's, that's zero to 60 so level, like repairing friendship. <laughs> yeah. There's a child named Kelly that that's how much I can guilt someone for years. Wow. That's incredible. By bringing this up every time I see her, <laughs> you ruined me. The oh. next child better be named Kelly too. <laughs> <laughs> the next one can have my middle name. <laughs> No, but yeah, we're we're cool now. If uh, she's actually a great friend, which she's such a great friend that she would literally probably listen to like every podcast I'm in. Love you, Bailey. <laughs> well, this is all fun and games, you know. 
<laughs> we we had so many good times together. We started a band called Crash and Burn. No way. We um we we were really strange little kids that were like very into our imaginary world. And I think we hit an age where like it was embarrassing. Like and, <laughs> and so like she really felt like she needed to grow up. Right. And I was like still thinking I had invisibility powers until age twelve. And I was really not self-aware, like I, which was a good defense mechanism because I was like, I would like get on the bus and like everyone would have like written like Kelly's gay on the windows, like on the fog. And I would just be like, that's so interesting. I'm not (laughs) like, I would just feel like I was so not like, I wasn't even in touch enough to realize that like if kids were being cruel to me. So, like, really, there could have been a slower build to her, like, fully (laughs) destroying me. But I was so, like, because I remember I was kind of thinking about it the other day, like, because there's these little evidences that maybe kids weren't nice to me that I'll, like, remember. Like, I created a Zanga profile, like, you know, a Zanga live journal. No. I made it. What is that? It's kind of pre-MySpace social media. Oh, wow. Sort of pre-Tumblr, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, but I made this Zanga live journal dedicated to the film Shark Tale, uh, which is the second most popular animated fish film of 2003. Yeah. And, but the reason I did this really is very telling that kind of made me like think twice about some of the people I thought were my friends in seventh grade, because I made the profile because we watched the movie at school, like on fun Friday or whatever. And, uh. During the movie, a boy in my class, like, pointed at the screen and was like, that's Kelly, dude, that's Kelly, that's oh. Kelly Bachman. Like, you know, when people do, like, that's so you. Like, yeah. <laughs> and the character he was pointing at was a homeless hermit crab uh, <laughs> named Crazy Joe. I remember Crazy Joe. only line in the movie, really, is he goes, like, uh, want to see my puppets? So when the character did that, he was like, that's Kelly, dude. And all these other kids were like, oh, yeah, that is Kelly. That's Kelly. And I was like, oh, my God, I have an inside joke with the class. This is great. <laughs> I've been wanting to have an inside joke. Because at that point, I would a lot of times like make like an AOL away message. And I would literally make up inside jokes and just be like, oh, my God, crazy inside joke with Brian from church. And like he was fake. <laughs> like there was no Brian. And I literally had all these fake live journal entries where I would talk about my like imaginary friends and all of our inside jokes. Cause no one had inside jokes with me and I didn't have Aww. a lot going on, but I was like, Oh my God, I have an inside joke. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I literally went home and created a Zanga profile called Zanga.com slash want to see my puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and like the avatar was crazy joe like incredible and the background was like shark tail imagery (laughs) (laughs) and the song because you could put a song on on zanga the song was seven nation army by the white stripes (laughs) oh i was a young boy that one my father no it's don't wanna hear about it Uh, it's just a banger of a song but uh it's also kind of Crazy by Narls Barkley wasn't out yet, but it was kind of the vibe. Oh, I'm thinking of a chemo- my chemical romance, That's right? 
when I was a young boy. Young boy. Like classic seventh grade trauma. <laughs> yeah. But my in- my journal entry was just like crazy school crazy day at school today. Great inside joke with my friend Cody. Aww. And like kids are probably fun? like making fun of me, but I like I don't even remember that. I just was like was it- I was just like in my little world with my journal. <laughs> but around that time I actually uh, also created a um AOL Instant Messenger catfish uh, AIM address called What was it? Soccer Kid 325. I, I probably shouldn't even be saying this. I was probably like meaner than I remember. In my mind, like I was so innocent. <laughs> but the password was haters, haters. <laughs> and I would like message the kids that were mean to me and be like, hey, just so you know, it's not cool. When you're mean to girls in your class, and they would be like, LMAO, is this Kelly Bachman? (laughs) No, actually, I've never heard of her. I hate her. She's ugly. She's a bitch. Um, But you should be nice to her. (laughs) Wow. But I I think, I feel like I I definitely got like, I didn't know that catfishing was a thing. I didn't, you know, this was kind of the Wild West. I didn't really know about cyberbullying yet. Um, But. It was also, I would message, what I would do a lot, which is, like, was weird, <laughs> was, like, message kids that, like, actually didn't really have friends and, like, be nice to them. Aww. But I would create this whole fake personality, and then it would, like, I would realize it was going too far. I was just feel like <laughs> I'm fully, like, they're like, I want to meet you one day. And I'm like, sorry, we could never meet. <laughs> just like... <laughs> I go to a different school. Like I was like trying to do Aww. this like good deed. And then I was like, okay, this is just weird, you know? You were like a <laughs> online superhero. I remember actually one time I was telling like because I have a joke about this like uh thing, this profile, and my little sister was like, Wait, you remember soccer kid 325? And I was like, wait, what the fuck did I say to you? Like, I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, was it positive? She's like, soccer kid three two five was always nice to me. <laughs> she told me to believe in myself you message your own sisters so funny yeah I think I would well you know my sister was going through a lot and like (laughs) I was kind of we fought our real life personalities were fighting with each other so I had this you know my alter ego was very nice to her that's so special that's so sweet it all sounds very sweet. I feel like there's a very dark side of this that I'm forgetting. Did you write, Did you have any bullies? Someone's going to like listen to this and be like, Soccer Kid 325, I'm in my life. <laughs> what movie is that with Hilary Duff? Is it the Cinderella story where they meet? Up? There's like a screen name where it's like, your blah, 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 blah. Is it a Yeah, no, story? it was like that, except it was just creepy and weird. Like, I'm pretty sure I was just like, <laughs> I was never trying to meet anyone. I was just like, I think, you know, I was, it was up until, I would say until I was like 15. I was mm. like very like That's shy. <laughs> no, exactly. For this I was like shy and uh, I was always changing schools and... Mm. I didn't really know how to connect with people. Right. And I was just like reaching for, but then I, it hit me at some point that, that it was very strange. What I, was doing. <laughs> I think, I think like one time I, I got caught and I, it just really hit me, but it was always, I was always like also 
when I was like 15, I was always like doing it with a friend. Mm. Like it was always me and a friend. And that's when I was like, and I, a friend like did the similar thing to the seventh grade girl where she like sold me out and acted like it was just me, but it was like very much us. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what you humiliated me and it was totally you too. But then I was like, okay, but I'm never going to do this again. I wonder if kids have like, because there's no aim today, like what they're doing now. Cause it's like, they have TikTok, but like. Can you catfish? With well, there, t- there, like, there are like a lot of anonymous oh, like, question board type things. Mm. Like I forget what they're called, but like where you can make a profile and people can talk to you without. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys I, have I, Formspring? Did you? Yeah, it was, that? they have something like, like that now. I think like there's a version of so Formspring. <laughs> I don't That's know. Your honesty box mm. on Facebook. Like have that? Well, they did. They used to have it. Like it was like uh, honesty box was like this thing on Facebook where like you could anonymously like write to a Facebook friend and be like, "I think you're ugly." It. I mean, it was so fucked up. It was like when I was in high school. Yeah, that's mean. Yeah, I really, I really hope I never said things like that. I feel yeah, like you want to you want to remember yourself in a positive light. <laughs> so I'm always like I was, I always remember. All, but like I I don't know. I feel like uh, I hope I was nice to other kids. <laughs> it sounds to me like soccer three two five was an ally. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Good good friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you were definitely nice. <laughs> I right, let's go with that. This was very vulnerable. This wasn't a plan. This wasn't a part of my story plan. Yeah, wait, is this mem number one or is this Great. all a warm-up? I love it. <laughs> and, I wasn't planning on, on revealing, you know. <laughs> whoever if you're out there and you had a bad experience with Soccer Kid three two five, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, you know, I'm sorry. Was anyone suspicious because you did play soccer? Yeah, I didn't think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was caught almost every time. Right, doing what you did. I'm pretty sure, like, that's, it's another thing where I was just, like, so not self-aware. I'm pretty sure, like, like, I want to be like, oh, my God, I was such a bully. But no, this was, like, literally probably another example of me, like, like the Zanger profile, I was just giving them more fodder. <laughs> it's just like, this is clearly Kelly. <laughs> um, what a weirdo. <laughs> I feel like as kids, we think that like no one knows what we're doing and it's so secretive. And it's like, I feel like if you're a parent, you have to know like the weird shit that your child is doing. Like they're your kid. Like, do you think your parents knew that you were being a, a weirdo? I mean, my parents definitely thought it was weird. I remember one time I, my mom like still like will like cry laughing, remembering this time that I dressed like a mailbox for Halloween in seventh grade. And she was just like, that was so weird. She was like, why, why? I, you had, you could have just got a costume from the store. You look so weird. It's like, who dresses like a mailbox? I was like, okay, mom, it's not like that weird. She's like, no, it was so weird. You were weird. <laughs> just like, okay. You have a picture of the mailbox costume. We want to see it. Oh my god! Um, my mom probably does. My mom probably just like pulls it out to to like <laughs> to roast so me. Funny. You are so <laughs> She's like what a weirdo. <laughs> are you the only performer of sisters? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess so far. So I, I feel well. like one of my sisters, you know, I could see her. I don't know. No, not yet. That right now, like, one of my sisters is a lawyer. One is a librarian. One is uh, works at a nonprofit, mm. and the other one is in seventh grade. So yeah, we we were holding on to that seventh. But grade. I, I, but when I was a a kid, my performer identity was so like beneath the surface. That's why, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it, not that it wasn't we were encouraged, but there weren't a lot of outlets. Mm. So I feel like for me, it came out in like a, it would always come out if I did like a school presentation or something. Right. All of a sudden I would be like, like I was really shy. And I, again, I just had like my one friend and I was really quiet and people kind of thought of me as like the smart kid, like the, the like bookworm kind of kid. And then when I would do like a class presentation, because, um, because I was like the bookworm, kids would give me the whole project, like in a group project, and they'd be like, Kelly, you do it. And so if a project involved a presentation, I would have to do that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I remember one time in third grade, we did this project on weather, and like the kids all like were like, Kelly, you do it. And they were like, I call Kelly, like she's going to do the project. <laughs> and I, like they had me doing their project. And I, I missed that there was a presentation element and like the teacher came around and was like, all right, now time for presentation. So I was like, oh my God, like we don't have a presentation. And the kids were about to say like, um, like, sorry, we don't have a presentation. Kelly didn't do it or whatever. But I was, <laughs> but I was like, I was so like obsessed with having all A's that I was like, no, we have a presentation. And I like improvised this, Incredible. we were supposed to do like a skit. And I improvised, like, where I pretended to be this weather person. And I had, like, there was, like, a tornado happening behind me. But I was, like, trying to pretend I was fine. And it turned into, like, a comedy thing. Because everyone was, like, laughing really hard. I was like, oh, no, this is fine. Like, we just have, like, there's a forest fire behind me. Like, yeah, everything's great. (laughs) But I did this whole, like, it just kind of came out of me. Because I literally, I had to get up. And I had, like, two seconds. And so my, like, at-home funny personality came out. And I remember, like, that whole day, everyone was like, I didn't know Kelly was funny. Like, wow, Kelly's hilarious. And then I, like, went right back to being shy. But I remember, like, all through school that would happen when I would, whenever there would be a presentation, I would get really nervous. And Mm. I would kind of see red. Like, I was really shaky and stage fright. Uh, But what would come out when I was nervous was, like, this nervous rambling. And Mm. it would, my, like, funny personality would come out. And and it all even through high school it would have, like have the same reaction where everyone would be like wait I didn't know Kelly had a personality what's going on <laughs> she's more yeah. than just her boobs <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah it was kind of I don't know I think I just always thought because I had such bad stage fright that then wow. I wasn't a performer but. Mm-hmm. The stage fright really, like, kicked my ass. Like, I was telling Maggie the other day about when I ran for I ran for class president in oh, seventh wow. grade. Love it. That's bold. And, and uh, yeah, it was, because this was, like, the same year of everything else I've described. <laughs> <laughs> what a big year. This is why seventh grade is the worst year ever. 
this is like the same year as the Zanger profile, the same year my friend like turned on me. What a huge I'm like, year. I'm gonna run for president. That'll this is like your up. 2020 <laughs> of seventh grade. I know it'll shake things up. <laughs> so I ran for president. Yes. And I ran for president by putting posters around the school. <laughs> I had a mirror on the poster and it said, Look who's voting for Kelly. Wow. And wow. you would see yourself. Clever. But wow, kids. What an expensive campaign. <laughs> and how many mirrors did you get? <laughs> yeah. My stepmom helped me. I don't know. She was cool at, at the time. So, like. <laughs> That's incredible. But people took the mirror out of the poster. Did you win? People took the mirror out of the poster and wrote no one. (laughs) My God. And then, no, what was really bad was there was a televised um, speech thing. We, We, our morning announcements were like on video, like live stream. And so they let us come on and debate and, or let us do a speech. And I was so nervous that I just stood there and stared at the camera <laughs> for like 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my God. And then my, like, it got to be so long that like my enemy who I was running against, who was mm-hmm. my other former best friend who betrayed me in fourth grade, <laughs> Oh my god! You, <laughs> she for portrayal, and she was running against me, and she was like this popular girl who was like definitely going to win. And uh, she was like, "Kelly, say something!" Oh my god! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, wait, you telling this story because I know you told me this story <laughs> like two nights ago when we were hanging out, and I was like so high. But I'm like, all oh, right. <laughs> and I was laughing so hard when you told me the first time. And I'm like, <laughs> I love that story. Oh my God. Okay. But so not when. Oh yeah. No, when I finally opened my mouth, I had actually, I knew I was going to be very nervous and I knew, you know, that humor is like my savior. Yeah. So I, I planned, I had written my speech, but right before I was like, okay, I'm going to be really shaky uh, I'm just going to write a little joke up top, like to address the shakiness, make fun of myself, self-deprecate. People mm-hmm. love it. Relatable. <laughs> so I wrote in a little joke, but then I was so nervous that I couldn't even read my handwriting. Like I couldn't remember what my little joke was. <laughs> and I was like sitting up there trying to remember what my like icebreaker thing was. And I was just staring. And then I finally, what came out of my mouth was I'm sorry, you people scare me. <laughs> and then to make matters worse, not, my other backup plan was to pander <laughs> to uh, this these goth kids or scene kids or whatever had told me that they would vote for me if I mentioned Kurt Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> which they were probably literally being mean to me too. I like, oh don't even God. know. I can't, I was so not self-aware, but I, I just got up there and was like, also there will be a Nirvana club if I'm president. <laughs> <laughs> and you won. 
No, but I didn't win. But thankfully, I had to. My parents got divorced, uh, like right after that, and I had to. I had to move. <laughs> so I literally moved. Uh, like, like, like two weeks later, everyone probably like thought I was so defeated that I left. But it was a coincidence. Oh my god! Are you still in touch with anyone from that school? Only, only Bailey, the girl uh, from oh, the first right, story, right, right. who whose child is now. Uh, named after actually you know i did one time i went on a date with a guy who was from my elementary school Hmm. he moved to brooklyn and and i had a crush on him in in elementary and middle school and i was like i'll message him so i did and we went on a date and you know he was the whole date completely in shock that i'm not like a little freak (laughs) he was just (laughs) like wow you're like you like drink and you smoke weed and you like are an adult with a body like you have a face that isn't hideous <laughs> like it was like the whole day it was just like wow kelly bachman is not um i feel like he's like i remember i miss you old kelly <laughs> well, well he was always nice to me like he was a kid yeah. who we weren't like we didn't hang out at school but we were neighbors at home, and he mm. we would play, like, Tony Hawk Pro Skater at home, yes. and we would, like, he had a twin brother, and I would hang out with them. And it was one of those things where we're, like, kind of quietly friends at home, and then at school, it's, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normal people with... Uh, did you guys read that book? Connell and Marianne, Normal People, Irish Couple. No, it, but that's oh, it's a show, read. too, yeah. It's a show, but... Normal the- People. But it's just like it's just trust me, it's just like that. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Don't they like they fall in love, but no, they don't. No one wants to know about it. Yes, you won't acknowledge her at school, and it's like we weren't in love as kids. But he was. I remember, I remember him writing in my yearbook like before I moved in seventh grade. Like he knew it. Like no one was really making any kind of deal about me moving away. Like it was kind of like all right. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't know you even though I, they had all known me since like first grade <laughs> but I remember he kind of wrote something sweet in my seventh grade book like Aww. almost it was sort of an apology like that he hadn't like more openly been my friend or like stood Aww. up for me or whatever but then it was also like that he would miss me and I remember that being like one of the only people that was like had a kind of goodbye like that because I just yeah. never saw those kids again. And I remember being like, wow, that was weird. I literally grew up with all those people. Right. But uh, I saw him in Brooklyn many years later. And, you know, we did go on a few dates. I guess we technically, I would say we dated for like a month or two or something. Wow. And how did it he fade away? He he was hot. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he's an actor and. Um, he lived like in deep Brooklyn, like, mm. like very deep, like where you would move if you like move here from somewhere else and you don't know like what right. equals close to the city. And I remember he worked at a restaurant and he let me come to the restaurant, um, to like, he was like, I'm going to treat you to a meal, uh, where I work. And it was like this nice Italian restaurant and we had all these, uh, courses and I remember at the end, I was like, thanks for treating me. And he was like, oh, you just assume you're not going to pay. Uh, and I was uh, like, I well, thought you literally said you're going to treat me. And like, you work here. And then he was like, well, work, I'll figure something out. And he like, oh, to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I remember the, uh, 
<laughs> the restaurant owner brought out all, or the the people from the the um, kitchen brought out all these desserts oh for us to eat, like tiramisu, like the whole the whole deal. And he was like, and we ate it, and then. I was like starting to feel kind of nervous and kind of excited about the whole meal. Well, kind of was starting to feel kind of romantic, and um, and I remember I was also on my period, and I was like, I'm I have to tell him like we oh my god he's gonna think we have to have sex after this whole meal. I was like 22, and I for some reason thought there was some kind of contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm on my period. <laughs> he was like, "That's okay. We can still go back to my place." Like, um, I love that. And then I was like, "Wow, he's like literally a prince." Like, I love him. <laughs> and I was so excited. I literally like felt in love. And then all of a sudden, he was like, "Do you feel like weird right now?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. What is that?" And he was like, "I think there's ecstasy in the dessert." What? I was like, "You think?" He was like, oh, the kitchen guys are always doing that, putting ecstasy in my food. I was like, what the fuck? I'm on ecstasy right now? Wait, what? <laughs> and then as soon as I got angry about it, he was like, never mind, they didn't do that. Because I was like, wait, you had to have known. Like, you knew, because you're like, oh, classic them. They always do this. Right. And then he, like, acted like he totally made that up. And then I was like, wait, but I do feel weird. And then he kept denying it. And then, but then every once in a while, like once we got back to like having fun, cause I was like on ecstasy, I think. So I kept kind of forgetting and letting it go. Then we were like watching a movie and then he was like, Oh my God, I think we're on ecstasy. And then I would be like, wait, what the fuck? And we would kind of go back and they'd be like, wait, no, we're not. <laughs> I was like, wait, we are. <laughs> and we were like up all night and like finally at like seven in the morning. I was like, <laughs> are we or aren't we? Are we? <laughs> Wait. And then I remember after that we like I think we like maybe hung out one more time and I was like really angry, but I, I was like still trying drugged? to process like... that I was drugged. Yeah, I was like still <laughs> I was so confused like I hadn't really like. <laughs> process. It was such a weird. It was like such a strange. Even not that there's not a there's no good way to drug someone, but it was such a strange, right. silly, stupid way to drug someone where you like told me and it was like a drug that would keep me like up and aware and so yeah. I'm just like up and confused. It was really weird, but I was just like, I don't think I need to hang out with this guy from childhood. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, he clearly turned into a stand-up guy. <laughs> yeah, and also he was just like, like I'm from this really like rural town where a lot of people are like backward and stuff. It's one of those things where you're like, I don't really need to be hanging out with this vibe, you know? Totally. Did he? Does does the restaurant drug people regularly, or it was like a fun thing they do to employees? <laughs> like, um, I think it was something they literally planned and discussed, and it was uh, his doing. Uh, where I feel like he was involved because he was very aware of it. Like, I would never jump to that. Like, I would never be like, I feel weird. The kitchen guys must have put ecstasy in my tiramisu. Right, like, that's never. <laughs> That's he, never where my mind goes. Right? And he was pissed that you were accepting it as a gift. And it's like, can you imagine drugging someone and be like, like you're not going to pay for that ecstasy I gave well, you? Well, he was, like, confused that I wasn't, like, 
just being like, wow, that's wild. Like, I can't believe the kitchen guys did that. And so he instead of me being like, wait, who drugged me? (laughs) Like, I was just like, like, you know, a normal normal. anger reaction to being drugged. (laughs) Oh my God. But that's who I've been in touch with for middle school. I love that. Okay, so do you have any? I know we've bounced around. We really bounced around. Specific- and we love it. Do you have, are there any memories that you uh, want to share that, that you like had written down? I don't know. Whatever you want, Kelly. Um, yeah, let me think. What, what have we covered? Invisibly powers until age 12. <laughs> uh, was kind of, wasn't self aware. I thought kissing a boy on the forehead was. Five times fast was giving head. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I peed my pants in seventh grade and said it was my period. <laughs> one time, one time I uh, <laughs> returned a pair of jeans to American Eagle that had underwear with crusty discharge in them, <laughs> and I screamed, "Oh, these are my sisters!" <laughs> and ran out. Uh, one time. <laughs> um, let's see. One time I, I punched a girl in the boobs because I didn't know that boobs could feel pain when I was mm. a kid. Mm. Uh, she, like, had boobs already, and I just thought that they were, like, balloons. <laughs> I don't know. It was before your But boobs. I was just, like... <laughs> and, then, and then I remember she was like, Kelly, punch me in the baby! And I had to go... Uh, I had detention, and that was, like, the one time I was punished. And I remember the principal kept saying, like, you can't punch girls in the boobie, Kelly. And I would just thought it was really funny that she said booby. Was it written down on a slip? Like, reason for detention? Punch in booby. <laughs> booby. Booby punch. But other than that... Go back to the head thing. That was just a little brief. <laughs> and I have, I have questions for follow-up. That was something... Well, my sister, my older sister and her friends were talking about giving head or somebody giving head. I don't really remember the context, but I was right. in, like, sixth grade. And I was like, what's that? And they were like, oh, it's when you uh, kiss a boy on the forehead five times fast. They were protecting you. Okay. (laughs) And then I was like going to school like, I can give head. Giving head is cool. I would do that every day. (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, my God. Kelly's running around saying she's going to give head. And I remember a boy like uh, at the school dance, like he put like a bracelet on me and like broke it. It's like, now you're going to give me a blowjob. And I was like, I don't think this is what I think it means. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like these little plastic bracelets that represent, like, sex or something. Which was interesting because my mom told me that's what those bracelets were about. And yes. I was like, Mom, I got these at Limited too. They mean yes. nothing. My mom was like, no, those e- those mean sex. sex Trust wait. me. I My mom's a labor and delivery nurse with, like, pregnant teenagers. And she's like, I know what they're doing. Oh, my God. Wait, remember, okay, so it was those jelly stringy ones where you would, if you crossed them, two crossed together with an X, meant like sex. No, nah, that's what I was doing. I was crossing them all up and down my arm. I didn't know. Oh my but. God. Did you guys have the Livestrong, did you start to collect like the Livestrong bracelets? Yeah, Do you I collected those? it all. And Every cancer bracelet. I feel like that was in the same family, right? The Which Christmas? were? The lanyard? Oh, yes, yes. I collected it all. And my mom my mom was kind of usually right about her notes, about that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, she, I remember she would always leave a weird note based on what she learned at the hospital. It would just be like, take the trash out. Don't do salvia. 
or something. <laughs> and I'll be like, Mom, what the fuck? I'm, I was had no plans to do salvia. And then it would literally that week, someone at school would be like, we're all going to do salvia. <laughs> and I was like, wow, how does mom know? That's <laughs> like, incredible. Is like Oprah this like intuitive about what kids are doing? Because she would usually get it from watching Oprah. But mm. um, yeah, but my my mom was a nurse or is a nurse. And and my dad, I'm trying to think what other stories. My dad was very much the source of all this me being weird. I think because mm. he like trained me to be weird, and he kind of trained all of my sisters. I feel like if you want your children to like be abstinent until yeah. like they're like 17 or 18, train them. To the be key is to actually have them watch the Sci-Fi Network with you on Friday nights and make that like a thing you do as a family. Yeah. Because that's what he did. And it was literally to the point that, like, as a kid, he had me watching sci-fi with him on Fridays. And I would go to a friend's house. And he would call me and be like, Kelly, come home. You're going to miss Farscape. And I'd be like, I would go. I'd be like, sorry, I have to watch sci-fi with my dad. And I would leave. And he, like, would have me doing, like, silly walks across the soccer field before I did soccer. And he'd be like, no, just tell the kids, like, it's a Monty Python reference. They'll Mm -hmm. love that. Like, oh, yeah, kids love... When you do Monty Python jokes, like that's what kids in the nineties, like the 1990s. Right. And he was always like having me do something weird and like telling me that kids would love it. Um, Like he would have me like do a presentation at school on like Eugene Debs, who's like a socialist uh, from the 1800s who ran for Mm -hmm. president. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm like telling a group of North Carolina kids like, socialism is cool (laughs) in the 1990s um this is not like we're not in that movie that amy poehler just made okay this is like this is a different type (laughs) and he was always having me do something like that and being like no the kids are gonna love it and um yeah the one time he actually was a trendsetter though is that you remember like uh in the 90s when like a lot of little girls were Wearing little bandanas from Limited Two and stuff. Oh yeah, it was like yeah, S Club yeah. Seven, like little bandana headbands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember me and I, I had a Girl Scout troop that I was in, and my dad was like the dad on one of the camping trips one time, or like something we were doing. I don't know, but we were all together, and my dad kept calling us little babushkas because we had these uh, yeah. headbands on. Uh-huh. He was like, oh, you're little babushkas. You're like little Russian babushkas. <laughs> and then literally all these, like, kids at school, like, this is, like, a southern um, rural school. Like, no one knows what a babushka is. And then literally after that trip, everyone in the school started calling those headbands babushkas, and everyone was running around being like, "Are you? do you have your babushka? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wait, my dad started this. I love it. So that was the one time he had that influence. Is he, what was his deal, his vibe? Like, is he a freak freak himself? Yeah, I mean, he's like, he's very funny. Like, Mm -hmm. he's like, I always thought of him literally, like, when I would watch, like, a Jim Carrey or Robin Williams movie growing up, I would be like, that's my dad. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought, like, I literally thought he, like, looked like them and acted like them and had their, like, he would do a lot of voices and, like, a lot of faces. And he would always say, like, Robin Williams stole his act, you know? (laughs) 
which like he was known for doing. <laughs> That's so funny. But uh, yeah, he he was like always yeah, like always talking in voices, always doing like recurring bits. Like I really think he could have been a comic. Uh, but he would like do a lot of like like when we go to the grocery store. I remember one time like someone would yell like Jesus Christ, and my dad would always go like right up behind them and go like Yes, my child. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Wait, how often he was like, were people? He always just had me cracking up. Love it. And I had a school principal who looked like Charleston Heston, like the actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time my dad saw him, he would just like only talk to him in Charleston Heston impressions. And the principal <laughs> was so confused. And my dad would always go up to him and go, "Get your damn hands off me, you dirty!" <laughs> or he'd be like, "Soil and green is human." And my principal was like, "Oh." Okay, sir. Um, like it would be like Wait, when I was getting when I was getting out of the car in the morning. <laughs> like, he would just be yelling Charleston Heston impressions at my principal, and my principal. Oh, he was like, "No, he gets it. He knows he looks like Charleston Heston." Incredible. Wait, this your life sounds like the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire because like your parents. That's, are divorced, I literally but, like, thought that. Right? I literally thought like if my mom wouldn't let my dad have custody, that movie would have been like a documentary. Like I, when I watched <laughs> that growing up, I, cause I really thought I looked like, um, yeah, you do. What's her name growing Whatever up? Name like, uh, Oh, the, the older daughter, the older daughter. Or no, I really thought I looked like the, the youngest daughter, Matilda, who actually, she follows me on Twitter now. She's very cool as an adult. No Wait, she, way. Is it awesome. or, right? She's like, a writer. She's really like funny and cool. Yeah. But what? as a kid, I like precious child. As a kid, I idolized her as like because I like look. I thought I looked like her, and I thought she's like this smart. She always plays like a smart girl, yeah. like reads a lot. You know what? You guys have the same tone of voice. Yeah, that that's what I really like. Saw my yeah exactly. Oh my! God. I saw myself yeah. in her vibe. Oh, cool. Yes. And how precious was she in... But, yeah, I thought if, like, my my dad, like, couldn't get custody, he would fully, like, you know, become my nanny. <laughs> Pretend. <laughs> but he really... He just was always, like, doing, like, these voices. And, like, he was, like... He was my soccer coach. And he Aww. would always, like, have us, like, doing, like, weird chants to intimidate the other team. Like, he was just always having us do something weird as like a personal joke for him right. and and just because he like you know when you like think it's funny to have little kids say something yeah. and like they don't really get it like I feel like he was always doing that a lot to me as a kid where he'd have me do this John Belushi oppression a lot when I was a baby <laughs> and I don't know he's just like I really feel like he could have been a comic and I I think about that when I hear actually Jim Carrey when he talks about getting into comedy, he always says that about his dad. And Mm -hmm. he says like his dad is the funniest person in like the world. And that in when he realized like his dad could have been this great entertainer, but his dad like chose like a stable, steady career. And like Mm -hmm. that still didn't work out. And they like had a lot of issues growing up uh, with money and stuff. And that made him realize like he should just go after his dreams because like that could also not work out, but like, yeah. so could any job. Right. And I felt similar with my dad cause he's a fabric salesman and mm. he lost his job a few times, like during the, uh, the recession mm. of like the two thousands <laughs> and countries <laughs> and <laughs> whatever <laughs> the depression, <laughs> the depression that we grew up in after, after the, uh, 
the the war that we grew up in and the the nine eleven and and all the other stuff from our our childhood. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember he lost his job a couple times, and my parents were very big on like find like a secure job and right. like get insurance. And I had that plan until like the end of college. I remember, I think I heard that Jim Carrey speech. Yeah. And I was like, I resonate with this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It really did have a big, it's kind of funny when like a celebrity says something and it has such an impact on you, but yeah. And then it, it kind of did though. Yeah. I remember hearing that speech too. Wasn't it at a college? He was like speaking at a college. Yeah. He was speaking at a graduation and it was like the year I graduated. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You can fail at something that you don't even like. Right. Yeah. That's like- yeah. It's like, why, why settle? Because you can fail either way. And I was about to like do, I had been like preparing to do like PR my whole college Classic. experience. Yep. I was like, this is a way to be creative and also not. Jones. <laughs> um, but then I, I decided like basically right before I graduated that when I graduated, I would just move to New York and try to do film and writing. and all that. Yeah. But like that hadn't been the plan. That sounds, but, you know, It's it's so inspiring when celebrities say that, but then it's like, well, you are a celebrity and it worked out for you. And like, yeah, (laughs) it's like when some, it's like someone who won the lottery saying like, keep buying tickets. It worked for me. It's just, it's chance and luck. Keep doing it, baby. And if you don't get depressed doing it, then just keep at it. (laughs) Yeah. If it still, I think it really is like, if it still brings you joy, then just keep doing it. Well, and, and not, don't do it for the money. Oh, right. no, no. Like, no. do it because... You cannot. <laughs> you do it because you enjoy it. Because if, if you do it for the money, one, it, there'll never be enough money. Right. Like, you'll never have enough to fill that hole. You'll always be chasing more money. Yeah. And you probably, statistically, Can't are not going to get rich money. off of it. But yeah. I always keep feeling like if I can manage to, like, somehow have, like kind of like a teacher's salary or like a live, you know, whatever I like decided <laughs> was like the wage. livable, like, <laughs> yeah. If I like a livable wage of like whatever I might've done otherwise, um, if I can manage that while doing what I want to do, I'm like, I'll keep doing it. Wise oh. words, Kelly. Do you have Kelly? any, uh, do you have to go? I think you do because of work. I, I don't because I don't have work today, but you know, oh. I understand this podcast has to end at some point. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> thought we were on a hard deadline okay so how about you share one you want to share one final memory if you have yeah let me think so I mean, those were wise words from we've from covered um we've covered my dad with the babushkas we've covered um uh, me running for president zanga oh you know what i'll i'll end on this so i was always a even though I, I wasn't confident that I would one day be a performer, I was always like a creative kid and I was always writing like songs and jokes mm. uh, as a kid that I wanted to perform. Um, and me and my friend Bailey, uh, who, you know, I need to like redeem her. Yeah. We love you, Bailey. We, we think you, nothing Bailey. wrong we of love you. love Bailey. <laughs> Bailey, you know, is really my hero. Should we name this episode Bailey? <laughs> <laughs> And she'll fully listen to it. <laughs> Bailey uh, really was uh, my hero growing up. I felt like she could really just one of those people who like can just like 
it feels like she could get through anything. Like mm. whatever life throws at her, she's one of those people that you're like, wow, how do you like always like she was so positive and so like really kind person who would always was also just like hilarious and always laughed at everything I said. And I laughed at everything she said, and we just lived in our own little best friend world. Uh, good times. That's <laughs> Bailey's redemption. Oh, but we had our like, oh, we had our uh, <laughs> we had our band together, and um, I wrote this song one year. So my parents got divorced. Uh, I'm gonna say they got divorced two. Well, there were two separations. One of them happened literally on Valentine's Day. And it was very dramatic. I think this was the final one because I came home on Valentine's Day and our house was flooded and like the pipes had burst oh, and they were standing in the tears. water, like in the kitchen. And they told me they were going to get divorced. And I was like, this is really intense. And my mom ended up uh, marrying the hardwood floor repair guy. Oh my God. <laughs> But I wrote a song. Uh, who's a nice man? James. He's my stepfather. <laughs> but We love you, James. Um, I wrote a song with my friend Bailey to, to, about that Valentine's Day. Because also that year, I remember like a boy had a crush on we. You know, when you're in class, I was in fifth grade. And you're supposed to like give everyone in the class a Valentine, like a little cardboard Valentine. And so I was, like, ready to get this valentine from this boy that I liked and, like, make a big deal about it, even though, like, he literally was giving cardboard to everybody. Like, <laughs> and he didn't give me one. And I was like, come on. You literally had to give one to everyone, and you still skip me? Like, it was, like, like the law of the class. Like, you have to give everyone one. And, of course, like, me being, like, this little, like, I was such, like, a tell-on boys kind of kid. Like, I was such a little... I was such a hateable child. <laughs> I was like, uh, he didn't give me a Valentine and he was required. Like, also, he plays with his Game Boy sometimes, just so you know. But um, you should take it from him. It's in his desk. <laughs> I was like, really, like, just always making it harder on myself. But I wrote this song um, called Love is in the Air, But I Am Not Breathing. Wow. And it, it was... Wow, Kelly, that's dark. <laughs> it was an emo song. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Maggie? Can you uh, sing some of it? Yes. So um, the first verse went like this. On the special day, there should be love. Tell me why do I feel so alone? Why? Why do I feel so domesticated? And the the word domesticated came from, actually, I asked Bailey's mom, uh, a synonym for broken and she gave me uh <laughs> domesticated so dark oh my god you know so that gives you a window into bailey's life bailey's oh mom's god. uh trauma <laughs> she didn't get gives you a window into bailey you know had a lot going on wow but yeah that was a song and and also you know my my best friend, my other my previous best friend, who would later run against me for class president, she had just ended our friendship, and I remember we were like writing some punk songs about that. Bailey was really uh, my ally in that uh, that divide, and and I wrote a song, which I realize in retrospect 
I was listening to the song R.E.M. Losing My Religion when I wrote the song. (laughs) (laughs) This is the song goes, I thought I saw you laugh today. I thought I saw you smile. But when I walked in the room, you were in denial. For the first time in a long time was the last time that you smiled. You're chilling with the cool kids now. Honestly, don't know how. You could take five years of friendship, flush it down the toilet for an instant streak of popularity. Just like that. Wow. I mean, (laughs) if that is not music of the 2000s, that's album of the year right there. I love it. Um, Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that vulnerable piece. (laughs) Yeah, I I still feel most vulnerable about the reveal of Soccer Kid three two five. Like, I'm part of me, I'm like, bleep that out. Okay, so right, <laughs> episode name options. You know, was going to be Soccer Kid three two five or Bailey. So I guess we will have to name it Bailey. I love it. Um, well, that, I I feel. Uh, do you like I know you as a child, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, that was. I I loved all of that. It was so good, Kelly. Thank you. Oh, of course. Yeah, I'm happy to just, you know, rip my skin off and show you what's inside, too. I learned so much from you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell my boyfriend tonight, you want some head, and then just kiss his forehead five times and go to bed. <laughs> so thank you for that inspiration. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, can you yeah. plug us in, Kelly? What, yes. Where can we follow you? So you can follow me at Kelly Bachman on Instagram mm. or at Belly Cockman, uh, <laughs> the reversal of Kelly Bachman, which is something people called me as a nickname as a child um, on Twitter. Love it. Great. Um, and don't forget to watch that hysterical doc yeah. on FX and Hulu coming out this, yes, this week. Which is actually a very serious film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's about, you know, women and the struggles that we've had to fit into right. the comedy industry. And it's it's absolutely hysterical. So <laughs> But I swear, like I'm funny on my socials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. We're so grateful. Um, Maggie, hey, are you frozen? Kelly. Oh, you were frozen in a weird position. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna, end it just, and just thank you <laughs> bye bye <laughs>